Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Who's Got Next podcast. Riley Shepard, Bryce Wyatt, on this July 13th, 2020 installment, bringing you the latest of what's happening in sports and music. No one show. Bryce, we're back. Another episode. Any any stories you want to share from this past week? Good to be back. Good to be back. Um, we, I'm trying to think. Well, I just uh, moved into a new house, which is nice. It's exciting. Uh, yeah, it, it was very seamless. My whole like whole entire family was here. Mom, stepmom, dad, brother, everyone came. It was so fast. We probably moved in like three hours. Got it's not one bad U- at all. I know. Got one U-Haul. We had, and then. I had a bunch of friends over helping like it, it was great. Perfect. Everything went pretty well. Um, still trying to get everything kind of together at the house, but we just got here a couple of days ago. So it's going to take some time. I just got a mattress today. So I've been sleeping on like an air mattress for the last few nights. But yeah, no, it's uh, other than that. Honestly, I haven't been up to too much. After, after of... living, you've been living in apartments your whole college career. Has it, has it any, how's it how's it any different from an apartment obviously bigger yeah it just seems you know i keep going to an upgrade like my freshman year i lived on campus in the room that was about the size of a storage unit like 10 by 10 yeah and then uh not even more like five by five like tiny tiny and then the apart the apartment was actually really nice uh you know the only thing about the apartment is like Obviously, people are on top of you, and we would have, like, Sasquatch upstairs. So, like, it it was really kind of, you know, honestly, a little bit annoying. And then, obviously, having to park and walk a while. Like, I'm pulling my car into my garage, which is, like, so, I feel like adult now to, like, have a garage and a garage door opener and a backyard I can, like, do things in and I do have to cut the grass, which is going to suck, but uh, honestly, I think it's well worth it. Still just about the same like distance from campus, which is nice, and yeah, I, I actually really like it. It was a great decision to move to a house. It's, it's really crazy that you're, you're basically an adult now, and it's, and it's a little... It's a little upsetting, but you're moving. You're moving up in the world. It just makes me feel old, you know. Like <laughs> I don't know. Like I, yeah, I definitely feel a little more adult. But at the same time, it's like I still have eleven dollars in my bank account. So like I'm not there yet. You know, like, it's it's, ba- it's baby. It's baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, you're right. When um, I actually played golf this past weekend. Oh. For the first time, you know, I I haven't really played a full round of golf in my life. You know, Top Golf and um, the one we have in Orlando, uh, Drive Shack, basically Top Golf. Um, yeah, same thing. Not the same as playing a full round of golf. What do you think? I will stand by this. Hitting a golf ball accurately is one of the most difficult things in the world. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Golf is the most frustrating, tedious, 
inconsistent game in the universe. And 100%. I hundred percent. I do love playing golf. Every time. Oh, I it go, was it was so much fun. I, every time I go home, I play with my dad at least once. Like he's a big golfer. I used to take lessons. Like I'm I'm decent, but like it's so frustrating because like. I'll hit one perfect, and then the next six are, like, into the water. And it, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm like, it, it really sucks. Honestly, it's the most frustrating game on the planet. But it's a lot of fun. It's just, it is. It's, it it it's going to, like, if you want to be good, you have to go out there to the driving range and hit, like, 200 balls a day. Like, you can't, you have to, like, consistently work on it to like be really good um and and that's the thing is that i i went and played with my dad who golfs pretty much every weekend you know go to the driving range a few times a few times a week he hit a he hit a 90 which is 18 over and he's and in his opinion that's a great game for him which is just absurd to think about how professional golfers are you know hitting below and they're not even making the cut in these major tournaments. It's crazy. And I mean, that just, it just proves what, what sets professional athletes apart from the normal person. No, I, I agree for sure. I actually, I, I also, you know, we all, we go to UCF, obviously they, uh, they're have, playing a rerun of the 2018 peach bowl. Oh, our win against great. our win against Auburn, which was I wasn't a student at UCF at the time, so I didn't actually get to go watch that game live. But it was, I felt like I was there, and that's when we had our undefeated season. So that made me. That was my freshman year, probably the the coolest experience of my life. Watching that game, we were the national champions. Like that, that was a that was a big deal. We still are. We still are 2018 national champions. Champions. Oh, for sure. <laughs> no, but speaking speaking of college football, a little bit of little bit of news that came out this past week was the Ivy League deciding to suspend all fall sports until further notice, including college football. Very unfortunate. This is yeah. I mean this. I don't think that it's going to be as big a deal for other conferences to kind of make a decision as far as what to do for college football, but it's definitely news. You know, this means that Yale and Harvard won't be able to have their rivalry game this season, Yale and Princeton, but other conferences are kind of making decisions when it comes to what to do. I want to see your input on interconference games, strictly interconference games for this season, which is what the ACC has decided to do, and the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I, I've noticed that. So the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and I don't think the ACC has officially announced it yet, but mm. I'm, I'm pretty positive that they're going to go the same route. Which, to be honest, means that if all of them do it, the SEC is going to follow, the AAC is going to follow, the Mountain West Conference, they're going to have to follow because you 
in turn lose a lot of out of conference games for the rest of those teams. Like UCF, if the ACC were to go um, all conference, we would lose North Carolina and Georgia Tech, two of the biggest games of the year. year. (laughs) Probably definitely our biggest games of the year. And uh, I mean, personally, I think the only conference worth watching in our league play would be the SEC. As sad as that might be, I don't think there's enough competitive teams in the ACC. You have Clemson and occasionally Florida State, but they're going to be trash this year. North Carolina um, is ranked top 25. North Carolina but I think, is actually supposed to be pretty competitive. I, I, from the preseason rankings, I think they were 24. So Yes. But, yeah, no, I, I think the SEC is going to be a lot of fun to watch, to be honest, because that will, once they go all interleague, they'll add games and you'll probably see a lot more games that don't typically happen. Like you might have Alabama, Florida, like this year, which only happens, I think every five years you might have, I I don't know, like you would definitely be able to see a lot more teams that don't normally play. Honestly, they might be able to play every team in the conference once, uh, which I think would be super fun to watch. But honestly, I think the SEC would be the only conference worth paying a whole lot of attention attention to. Because if you even think about it this way, like now, even if Clemson goes probably undefeated and just plays ACC schools, their resume is not looking good whatsoever for the college football playoff. No. like That, because, that would be the biggest thing is how you would judge strength of schedule. Yeah. And, and then if you look at, like, the Pac-12, Washington is probably their most. Them, Washington, Oregon. But, like, still, who do they play? Colorado? They're not anything, worth like, worth anything. Uh, Arizona State? Nothing. Like, Arizona football average. Uh, you have the Big Ten, which I – actually, the Big Ten would be interesting because you do have Michigan – you have Ohio State, you have Penn State. There, there. That would be a little more competitive, but to be honest, you only have those three, four teams. Iowa, maybe. That's I, it. Yeah, Iowa, yes, competitive up there. Um, but, but still, like nothing. But the, like... That, that's the biggest thing is that Ohio State consistently in the college football player playoff. Not this past season, but top ten are every year year on year out and these other teams i think the the difference between a top five team and a team in between the 15 to 20 range is way more way greater than people realize no i agree i think yes the teams in the top five top 10 like they're the teams that can go undefeated. College football is so different than the NFL because you do have teams consistently going undefeated almost every year. And it's like, the yeah, those are the LSUs, the Alabamas, the Clemsons. The, but, but like I said, if you can't, like if Clemson can't play teams out of conference, like I think they potentially, I think they might have played Michigan. They might have played that Notre I mean Notre Dame Notre Dame I think I heard is going to play as if it is in the uh ACC which makes sense because Notre Dame basketball is ACC but uh 
But yeah, they lose South Carolina, which honestly not the end of the world, but still an SEC school, and they might be pretty competitive. Um, and they lose. Uh, uh, yeah, that's about it, I guess. Oh my gosh, Clemson! Even if they go undefeated, Clemson's strength of schedule is absolute trash. Oh, for they sure. don't they don't even play North Carolina on their schedule this year, even though they're in the ACC. That might change. But, yeah, they don't play Notre Dame. Or they don't play uh, North Carolina, probably the most competitive team in the ACC beside Clemson. So I definitely think this whole interconference play is super unfortunate, especially for, like I said, UCF, like, loses two higher-profiled names. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, we still play Cincinnati, which is always pretty competitive, and we don't have Memphis on the schedule. But we I we think would we yeah. will have Memphis on the schedule, and those would be Cincinnati and Memphis would be two teams that finished in the top twenty-five last year. I, yes, and I and I hope I really really hope so, and I think Houston in the American Conference is also on the rise football wise. Like, I think they are starting to be a little more competitive. They just got a great head coach. I think that they are going to be competitive, and I don't think they're on our schedule either. So we could play Houston as well, which would just – yeah, I definitely think it's not the end of the world. Personally, I'm not feeling super confident about about college football at all because I think that – I just I, I don't see how LSU having 42 players test positive is going to work during the season, especially when you it's a contact sport. There's no way you cannot spread like I feel like it's almost impossible. And the NFL is one thing, because that's another thing. The NFL can afford to not have any fans. College football, to be honest, cannot afford to have no fans. Like, some universities will actually go out, like, go bankrupt because college football brings in more revenue than anything that the whole entire university does. Absolutely. Like, which is the biggest which is the biggest thing with all of this is that, I, like you said, I don't think college football can afford to do this or not have a they season. They can't. And even, even – so UCF's athletic director, Danny White, uh, came out and made a statement the other day and said, even if UCF goes 50% capacity, we would still lose. I think he said $250 million <laughs> because most of college football's revenues, they don't come from any TV deals. They don't come from any gear sales like that. That stuff is very minuscule. It's all ticket sales. And then when you're at the game, what do you buy? Food, gear, like that type of stuff. But it's going to be really low this year. Really, really low, if anything. And I think 50% capacity in college football is still a little bit too high. I think it's going to be closer to, especially in the state of Florida, the epicenter of the world for the coronavirus. Like, I, I just don't, I don't see the likelihood of college football happening very high. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But especially since they have to travel and then also they, these people like playing football are also students. I think sometimes we forget about that. And they 
Like as much as they're, and, and if you look at from UCF's perspective, most of them are not going to be drafted. So whatever they do with their degree, that's their life. Like you're, and that and that's the biggest thing is that they are still students. So if they do test positive, then that's affecting them being able to go to class. And exactly the biggest thing is these are these are still kids at the end of the day. They're our age, you know, and you're affecting a young kid's health (laughs) and you don't know pre-existing conditions you know once like if a kid ends up getting seriously ill from this then that and that's that's what we don't want at at the end of the day is keeping all of them healthy even though they are they are phenomenal athletes and the likelihood of them actually having severe conditions is very low, but why take that risk? Now, I saw a, I believe it was a soccer game actually that they played this from this past weekend that the stadium was, had a 25,000 capacity could fit 25,000 fans, but they only allowed 5,000 to come watch the game. Oh, okay. Which in the MLS, right? Is that back? I think I think it was MLS actually. That would, I mean, that's one compromise if mm-hmm. if if they do allow fans. But for college football, I think the the biggest thing is that they're gonna have to get creative with this. Very, very, very creative. creative because I, we don't want college football to. We none of us want to miss college football. Yeah, and, and the also you don't the want you don't want schools going bankrupt. It's a very it's a very sticky situation because, like, even the national doctor I forgot his name the guy who is like the national United States lead doctor or something like that came out and said that unless you do like a bubble format like the NBA, like the MLS, like the I think the NHL is also doing a bubble. Um, like, unless you do that, there's really no way that cases just don't run rampant. Like, I, I don't really understand how the MLB is doing it, to be honest, even though they're like, tr- they're bubbling like within their city, but then they're still traveling and airports are some of the dirtiest, like most probably most likely place to catch the coronavirus. Like. I, I just I'm I'm trying to be optimistic about the whole thing, and I really don't like to think about it as negatively as maybe I am right now. But college football just does not look very likely to me, unfortunately. So I hope that they can get it all going and just do interconference. Honestly, I saw something along the lines of what if the whole state of Florida just played each other, and you could that have, could be interesting. Because, I mean, honestly. The, the bad thing about that is that would not work for like the Midwest exactly, yeah. and the South, like, because like you have what Alabama, you have Auburn, Alabama. Okay. Georgia, you have Georgia, Georgia tech, Georgia state. And these, yeah, these smaller like, schools, but I think Florida, Florida is one of the few, maybe California, maybe Texas. You could, yeah. But you could do Florida, California, Texas. Those would be the only states that would, it would be worth it. Yeah, because Florida, think about this. You have the University of Florida. You have Florida State. You have 
UCF, USF. Um, you have FAMU plays football, D1. <laughs> uh, you have Miami. You have FIU, who also plays D1 football. FAU. And am I missing anyone? I think that's it. That, that's, that's it. Can't forget Stetson. No, oh yeah. Or, but, no, the, Florida Polytechnic University. Yeah. No. Uh, that that's at least eight schools. And, right. And, and most college football seasons are about, you know, ten to twelve games. 10, yeah. ten to twelve games. So you could probably play a couple teams twice and call it a day, and then that would look really good for UCF because we would play. University of Florida, we would play Miami. Our strength of schedule would substantially grow. And I, I, I don't know. I think that's an interesting concept. But I, I don't think that would ever happen because the whole conference thing and all the contracts, like it just realistically, it does, I don't think that would work. But it would be cool. I think that would be safer because then you, could o- you would only like need to travel honestly by like bus and you could you could really probably pick like two or three stadiums that are more centrally located. You could probably use UCF as like the hub for Florida college football and maybe UF because it's kind of just a little bit north. You could even extend it if you really think about it to Georgia. You that, could. We could play Georgia, Georgia Tech. You could I either. mean that would that would be that would still be a you could drive, even put Alabama it. and Auburn there. Right. Right. These that this is a yeah, I mean this that would be that would be a great <laughs> could you imagine if we played Georgia, Auburn? I mean, that would be Alabama. That. I, I don't know what our what our record would be looking like, but it would give us more of an opportunity to make the college football playoffs. Right. Because yeah. I, you know, and I was reading a bunch of stuff before the season started because, mind you not, like, UCF is preseason ranked, I think, 15. Like, we're supposed to be really good next year. And I read something that said, based on our schedule this year, with North Carolina being competitive and top 25, and then Georgia Tech actually kind of also being a little more competitive, Cincinnati, maybe Memphis in the conference championship. Like, it it was looking promising. And based on our schedule, this was the – best percentage chance we had to make it to the college football playoffs. And I think that that the whole recent development within college football kind of ruined that. But then you also have to ask, what is the college football playoffs going to look like? Because I don't think you can do it the same way, especially based on like strength of schedule per conference, because that's going to be a all sec college football playoff. And like, that's going to, really makes some people mad. So I don't know. I think it's it's going to be very interesting to see. I'm excited to like see the developments, but I'm also like really depressed about it too. So I guess uh a lot to a lot to think about. I mean, but we more... all we all we all want college football at the end of the day. I mean, it's it's the best time of the year, no doubt about it. But one bit of news that broke earlier last week right after we recorded last week's episode was Patrick Mahomes signing a, li- a nice little contract extension oh yeah just 
10 just years, a, 500 million dollars. Million dollars, yeah. No big deal. He only makes $96 a minute. <laughs> if, when you put it that way, that is absurd to me. But it's the well, craziest well, contract I've ever seen or heard of. Well deserved, if you really think about it. The first player to win Super Bowl MVP and a regular season MVP in his first two years as a starting quarterback. Five other quarterbacks have actually signed 10-year deals. I didn't even think that was true. I This is the first time I've ever heard of a 10-year contract in the NFL. But none of none of them played out their entirety. Those, no. five, those other five were Brett Favre, Drew Bledsoe, Donovan McNabb, Dante Culpepper, and Michael Vick. Yeah. And the thing about the NFL, they've never seen a contract like this. Like, yes, sometimes they'll sign long-term contracts, all that type of stuff. But, like, someone this young signing a 10-year contract, realistically, he could play easily 10 years, I think. He's he's 24. He's 24. There's no reason he couldn't play 10 years, especially with how long Brady's playing and Philip Rivers and all these players are playing well into their 30s, 40s even. So if you you really look about it, the prime of a NFL quarterback isn't until they're 30. Exactly. He's not even there yet. And, And I think that I think this is a win situation for Patrick Mahomes, no matter what, because let's say five years from now, right? Five years from now, he's like, I'm done. He can retire. And that's the end of it. Like making what three hundred million dollars? Okay, like he doesn't need to do anything for the rest of his life. Yeah, if he breaks his whole entire leg on the first play of the first game of the season, he still makes. I want to say it's like a hundred and fifty-nine million dollars. Yeah, I don't. I, it's still. I don't remember exactly money. the guaranteed money, but it's ridiculous. Re- ridiculous it's ridiculous and then like i said like he can re he can retire the 10-year thing like yes let's say he's done after 10 years his body's decrepit all that like he can just retire there's no clauses about that the only downside for him from his perspective i'm just trying to think of the negatives but like is the fact that there's no trade clause like he can't be traded at all so like if he ends up for whatever reason hating Kansas City five years from now he he can't go anywhere like literally so but that's the that's the thing is that he obviously wants to be in Kansas City oh who wouldn't be and who wouldn't want to be I like I think that the the combo of him and I think Andy Reid is probably behind Bill Belichick the best coach in the NFL right now I think that they are bound to be the next dynasty and that 10-year contract is probably going to be 10 years of dominance in the AFC. And I, and I, I mean, we'll have to see what Bill works up with Cam Newton, but I really don't think, other than Lamar Jackson, although I don't know if they're posed to make a huge run in the playoffs, I think that Kansas City pretty much has a free ride to the Super Bowl almost every year. They and that that team in the AFC that's that's just the the start of what I feel obviously barring any major injuries to Patrick Mahomes obviously 
we all hope that never happens. Of course. But, but I think the, the Chiefs are bound to dominate the AFC. And, he act, and Patrick Mahomes actually made a comment, a comment the other day, yesterday actually, excuse me, about wanting to reach Brady in with the six Super Bowl rings. I well the question is like how long is it gonna take him? Personally, I I obviously I'm a big Tom Brady fan, especially since he's now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. But I think that Patrick Mahomes is only gonna need two, three more Super Bowls until he gets to the GOAT status of Tom Brady. I don't think he needs the full six Super Bowls, although I'm sure that's his goal. He's already said that's his goal. But I I personally think the way he plays, and it's just straight dominance. And I think Tom, with his Super Bowls, were helped a lot by an incredible Patriots defense. Absolutely. And I guess we'll see this next year, but also helped substantially by Bill Belichick. So, I think Patrick Mahomes' skill level is much greater than Tom Brady. And I think that only time will tell, but I really, if Patrick Mahomes wins, honestly, if he wins two more Super Bowls within the next five years, I think that he's already the GOAT. And, and, I, and I saw something the other day that questioned, like, it said, Let's say he retired tomorrow. Is he right now in the Hall of Fame? Like, would he be in the Hall of Fame? Think about it. He has a Super Bowl MVP, a regular season MVP, Super Bowl championship. That's more than someone who's been in the league for 20 years can say, honestly. That's three of the highest honors that the NFL has. And he did it pretty much in the span of a year and a half. So I I think I personally think he would need one more Super Bowl to probably be like an automatic first ballot Hall of Famer. I think he would be in the Hall of Fame, but and then, I Yeah, that's I, that's just such a hard question to answer because we've never seen somebody with this much success this fast. Especially in the NFL, which is yeah the most unpredictable he's, sport. And he's changing the game. And I think that's why it's so hard to defend the Kansas City offense is because it's something that no one – like the style of play is something that no one's seen before. The way he can just flick his wrist and the ball goes 80, 80 yards down the field just – physically doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I I don't get it. I've tried. It goes about five feet. Like it, yeah. it doesn't really do much. And and then the way he scrambles out of the pocket and can can pretty much be sacked four times but still get the ball out to Tyreek Hill. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like it's and throws it in the wrong left handed and side armed. It's just, it's kind of crazy and it's incredible to watch something like i said we've never seen so i think that would get him in the hall of fame just because he's like i said he's changing the game and defenses defenses look at it and they're like all confused and frazzled no idea what to do pocket exactly (laughs) but no i mean that's i mean he's he's 
I I don't see like I like I mentioned unless major injuries occur, I don't see why he can't be the greatest quarterback to ever play this game. With if here's a, here's a question. Outside of Patrick Mahomes, obviously, you just signed this contract. If you yeah. were an NFL GM, if you could be an NFL GM for any team with a young quarterback, you know, Giants, Cowboys, uh, the Dolphins, the Tua now, any court, any team with a young quarterback, who would you want that to be? Because I'm taking Deshaun Watson, the Texans, over Lamar Jackson. Okay. See, this is a really tough question because I would choose probably Lamar Jackson just based on his recent success and his style of play is very different, very similar to Mike Vick. It works in the NFL. It does because, like, once again, it's like something that people don't normally see from a quarterback. Uh, But my question is, from a GM's perspective, how long can that last? And personally, I don't think it can last very long. That's a and thing, yeah. It's, it's proven to kind of like not last very long. But he's a dual threat. He's something that I think if you could get a good 10, year, 10 years out of this guy, and he's only really played starter, started for like a year and a half. So like at nine, eight more years, I honestly think – he could win a few Super Bowls, and I, I'd probably pick Lamar. Even though I think the I think the risk is greater, or sorry, the the risk is lower than the reward. Personally, I think I think he can do some really good things, and I think the way that John Harbaugh has kind of geared the offense to Lamar Jackson is going to work really well for the Ravens. the The other question is like. We've seen him in the playoffs twice, and he can't really get it done. Disappointed, yeah. Like, will he be able to start getting it done in the playoffs? Because to be honest, that's all that matters. You can go undefeated in the regular season. You can, you know, win your division, win the wild card. It doesn't matter. But if you can't win in the playoffs and win a Super Bowl, like, what's the point? So I I personally – I want to see more of Lamar before I – make that final decision uh i i do really like deshaun i think he he's the future of a very i i would say he's like drew Brees-esque. like he's very like i feel like he could win maybe one or two super bowls but i don't think he's gonna be like dominant in the nfl no i personally. i kind of i kind of compare him to a russell wilson kind of player Oh yeah, or or yeah, yeah Russell I, Wilson's a great he, great example. He he fits the system well for the Texans. They, but personally, I think that Deshaun is kind of screwed with the Texans because I think that their coaching, their general manager, their like they they are not helping him whatsoever. And if they can put a better team around Deshaun Watson. I'm all on board. Absolutely, yeah. But I really don't think that the Texans as a team are good enough to do anything at all, regardless of who your quarterback is. I I really, really don't think so. Uh, And, you know, that's unfortunate for him, but I do think he has a lot of potential. And if they, if like I said, if the Texans can get it together, I could see him winning a few Super Bowls. 
I personally think Russell Wilson is one of the most underrated quarterbacks. Absolutely. He's consistently good and probably the specific reason the Seahawks are even competitive on a yearly basis. Obviously, they had the Legion of Boom when they went to the Super Bowl, but honestly, for the past, what, four years? They haven't, like, the Legion of Boom has kind of been decrepit. Like, they, they've they've fallen apart. He hasn't. Here's, here's, a, here's a random stat for you about Russell Wilson, which just strengthens your argument. He hasn't thrown more than 12 interceptions in a season in in a season in, in his career so far. And the yeah. last the last two two years, 66 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. And you know, he has never received one MVP vote ever, which is shocking to me because there have been some seasons where I feel like he's well-deserving of MVP. Maybe not the MVP, but MVP votes. I just feel like he kind of gets the tough end of the stick just because he, I I don't know, there's always maybe someone who is a little better or the team that's a little better. He doesn't get as much credit, I feel like. And and that's that's the thing with with football, especially is that, I mean, just put – just say Lamar Jackson, for example, last year. Nobody would have ever expected Lamar to break out the way he did. Or Patrick no. Mahomes the year before. Just no. absurd seasons that a guy like Russell Wilson who goes who throws 31 touchdowns and five interceptions seems like an afterthought in the MVP voting. Exactly. Which is a great exactly. that's a great season. 31 touchdowns, five interceptions, 4,100 yards. Oh, that's elite. <laughs> that's yeah, that's really good. That is MVP worthy, but people like, yeah, exactly. People have breakout years. People are always just like some players are always just a little bit, a little step ahead of him. And it's, it's unfortunate, but I really like Russell Wilson. I think he's super underrated. I, uh, I would definitely put him in honestly, it's top five quarterback in the uh, NFL. Absolutely. Right um, so I don't know. I I'm excited to see what the NFL is like next year. And I think that, and it's going to be a big change in the guards, especially in the a- AFC without Brady and, and the Patriots being as competitive. And then you have the I, – I personally think the AFC has three teams at the top, but then you have the NFC that is really competitive with probably like seven to ten teams who could potentially – get to the AFC championship. Like, I, I think that the NFC is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, and it's it's just a lot more, like, a lot more competitive. Yeah, like you said, the, the AFC is going to be really interesting this year. It's going to be really fun to watch the Ravens and see if they can repeat their, their regular season performance last year and see if they can come over that hump in the playoffs. I think J.K. Dobbins, drafting J.K. Dobbins is going to be a huge addition to that team. Taking off the running load for Lamar, which is probably their biggest goal for this year. To keep yeah. them healthy for the for years to come. But yeah, I mean, the NFC, the NFC is always competitive. I mean, obviously, Seattle now. Seattle, I mean, now the Buccaneers see how yep. how that is going to go down. The Saints, New Orleans, of course. Yep. I mean, 
this 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 NFL season might be one of the most fun that we've seen in a long time. I I totally agree. I think it's it's the most shaked up we've seen the NFL so far. So I'm I'm very excited to see how it turns out. I mean, right. now we're finally getting sports back, and the NFL is the last one to come. It's going to be a uh, a great year, it seems like. So I mean, we're only two weeks, little over, little less than two weeks away, a little can't, more than two weeks away from the the start of the NBA season. Can't come soon enough. I mean, I mean, we've been seeing they've they've already arrived in Orlando. They're at their at their bubble. At the ESPN Wide World World of Sports, some of those, some of the, they seem to be having a great time. Some oh, of the players, it's, it's awesome. They're they. I think some of them are even love, are either loving it or hating it. It seems like, and I feel like from from my perspective, if I were them, I would just you know make the best out of the situation. Obviously, right. I, mean, I think some of them definitely are. If you saw. There's been a lot of really funny things to come out. Like JJ Reddick was shotgunning a beer in an ice bath and <laughs> the whole entire 76ers team went fishing in one of the like little ponds behind uh like behind one of the hotels and I even saw I was kind of doing some a little bit of research on uh like Instagram pages of the teams who were in the bubble. The Mavs did a really funny thing with uh Luca and uh who was it it was luca and uh oh and chris that porzingis they they were like uh drawing like disney channel the little like mickey ears and it was so funny because they were like really really messing it up and they put oh the mavs put like the music to it and it it was pretty cool i don't know i i love it i'm really really happy with the way that it all turned out and I mean, just just making making the most out of the situation. I mean, most of them just wanted to play basketball again. Exactly. You know, finish the season out, and it's definitely. I mean, I've been hearing some players say that that it's kind of like AAU ball, where they have to change in their hotel rooms. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's still basketball. I feel like it definitely like takes them back, which is is good. And then I I don't know. Some of them are like being a bit much, to be honest. Like I think it was. who was it? It might have been – I can't exactly remember, but one of the players posted a picture of the hotel room and was like, uh, Motel 6, question mark. And this is like a nice hotel room. Oh, like, yeah. I couldn't afford this hotel room. And he's comparing it to a Motel 6. Like, that. that's, that's a it, it of It kind of seems like it's the younger players that have only been in the league for a couple of years that are that are actually enjoying themselves. And, and – if I if I was a player in this situation, I would I would be doing I would be enjoying myself. Like how would how would you how how do you think you would spend your downtime oh, if you were if you were a player? I would love it. I I, w- I would be out at the pool every day. <clears throat> I would be like, yeah, no, why not? Like honestly, you have a free vacation in Orlando. Like, I mean, I I, I think that it would be a lot of fun. And I've seen some of the things that the players are allowed to do at the bubble. They can, they can obviously use the pool. They, they have like pool tables and they have like gaming rooms and a bunch of like really cool stuff. Obviously they can fish, they have ice baths, they, all that type of stuff. And then 
um, they can also, I think it's really cool, they can also go watch the games. They actually can go to, I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah I mean, they can go, go watch the games, but they can also go to the parks. They can go to the parks. Yeah. And then I think they can also go golfing. I'm pretty sure. Um, which is awesome. I think that, like I said, like, why not make the best out of the situation? When, when, when else are they ever going to? Especially yeah. if I was a younger player. I do get it if I'm like, if I have a huge family of four kids, like LeBron, like that type of situation. Like, I definitely get like being away from family for that long. And, and like, obviously, once you're a certain age, like, that's all that you really care about, you know? Right. And obviously, playing the game and making money, but like, your family is the most important thing. But if I was a younger player, yeah, I would be like, I would be really having a good time. I, I don't know. I think there's no reason not to. I feel like yeah, you're kind of stuck I, I did there. See so the the food is kind of eh, all right. I feel like I saw the first night was like a tiny little salad, and it was just it seemed very seemed like they could definitely do better, Disney. So, but like I said, I don't know. I'm very happy with. I think they really missed out an opportunity to make this like an actual reality TV show. Um, <laughs> could could you imagine just seeing like? Kawhi, Kawhi riding the little teacups in the no, park. <laughs> seriously, like you could have an episode. Like it's they're gonna be there for three months. Like, yeah, they they could do some. They can have some really good things. Honestly, three months is long enough to plan and film a reality TV show. So honestly, right. they, they might do it towards the end. That'd be great. Hey, but, yeah, I mean, they. I'm sure we're gonna get. 20 years from now i'm sure we're gonna get a 30 for 30 with like never before seen footage of the nba that'd be so great and i feel like that is gonna it's like the last dance like things that like no one ever saw and we get like stories and stuff is gonna good things are gonna come out of this when are when are we ever gonna i I don't know if i was a player like when would when would i ever have the chance especially for a player for example if I was playing for the Trailblazers, when would I ever have a chance to come stay in Orlando on the complete opposite side of the country? Like there would be this is a what this is a kind of once in a lifetime exactly opportunity exactly. and something we're never going to see again in professional sports. If all if all goes well with the pandemic this time next year. And another another bit of news that broke in the NBA. Bleacher Report released their top 100 players for this season. Some of them were were interesting to say the least. Just a couple to name, just to name a few. John ja Morant, the Grizzlies rookie and most likely unanimous rookie of the year, was ranked number 34. Zion Williamson was ranked number 29. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people have a issue with, but in all honesty, I have no problem with it. Zion's numbers, not just on the stat sheet, but also analytically, stand out. And he was on pace to have one of the best rookie seasons ever. And just for sure. And just from watching Pelicans games from this past season, you can tell the impact he has just from being on the floor. 
So I don't mind that placement at all. Maybe a little bit closer, but I do think just from watching 19, just from playing 19 games from this season, Zion is a better player than John Morant. I, uh, I, I agree. And I think that 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 I don't have an issue with. I have a, a, a few like reservations on the list that are like mainly like from 20 down to like 10. Uh, I think that they definitely could have done a better job. Like Chris Middleton is not the 10th best player in the NBA right now. Like I'm, that, gl- I'm glad you said this one. That was the one that I had the biggest issue with. It just doesn't make any sense. Maybe like mid twenties, but like not top 10. Like, what are they thinking? No. That that's, it's a very controversial list. I feel like a lot of, I've seen a lot of people having a problem with it because and Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton might get paid like top 10 player only because there's no but, one else except for Giannis on that team. Like, but he, he asked it. And I'm a huge fan of Middleton's game. I think, I think he has always outside of this past season or two, obviously he's always been a bit underrated in his career, but he has to prove himself in the playoffs to be in that conversation to be above guys. Like I'm trying to think of who is even Kemba. Kemba was very disrespected on that list. Yeah, I agree. He should have been a lot higher, especially how he played like throughout this year. If they're trying to put it for this season top 100, they got it all wrong. They got it really wrong. And because, like, like even personally, like, Dame is at, what, six this year? I don't think he was that impressive this year. I think maybe last year or the year before, yes. But this season, this season, I don't think he deserves to be there in the top ten. Maybe, maybe nine, maybe twelve. Like, somewhere around there. But, like, I, I definitely think if they were trying to do a list for, like, this season top 100, they got it all wrong. Anthony Davis at eight was another one that I found very Anthony disrespectful. Anthony Davis at eight and Jokic at six? Or was it, like, yeah, six? I think they six, should yeah. switch those. Maybe put Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean, Davis, Davis is in... He's arguably the second best player. Art at times you could even argue he is the best player on that Lakers yes. team. And front runner for defensive player of the year. For if if you've seen the MVP tracker, he's fourth in the MVP voting. And he's just a much more complete yeah, player totally agree. than Jokic. I mean, defense is what sets him apart. Yeah, I agree. And and he can also shoot. I, I think that the list is just trash. Another one, another one that really I uh, just looked at and I couldn't believe was Russell Westbrook at number twenty-two. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. J- just a few point guards above him. I'm not going to list every player, but I'll just list the point guards above him, which is enough to to just I I. I just couldn't believe was Kyle Lowry was at 20. Kyrie Irving was at 19. Ben Simmons is at 15. And Chris Paul is at 13. Ben Simmons at 15 doesn't make any sense either. And yeah, that Ben Simmons is 
outside of outside of his shooting woes, which we all know of, Ben Simmons is a great player. There's no there's no denying that, especially on the defensive end, which I think is what elevates his game a bit. But Chris Paul, which I, I love what Chris Paul is doing this year with the Thunder. And nobody would have ever predicted them to be and uh, in the stand in the st- spot they're in in the standings right now. Yeah. But Chris Paul at 13 is a bit high. I would say him around 18, 19 would be more realistic, more yeah. accurate. Kyrie at 19. That's another one that I thought was a bit high. Russell Westbrook, I would say. Russell Westbrook deserves. I would even flip him and Ben Simmons. I think Russ should be at fifteen. He's been. Yeah. He's really. He's obviously not the MVP that we that we saw in the past, averaging a triple double. But he's still averaging twenty seven, seven and seven on a team with James Harden, which he's had to. He's had to adjust his game to obviously having the best overall scorer in the league, but he's still a great player and people really underestimate his, his just impact on the floor. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think that very, very disappointing list. Not very happy with it. No. And we we'll see. The top five is one that I, I definitely you could you could flip players around in the top five, but the top five was very, very accurate as far as the top five players in the league. Uh, James Harden was at four, uh, Ka- Kawhi was at three, LeBron was at two, and then and then Giannis was at one. Which, like I said, that any of those you could really flip around to to argue one another. Oh, and um, Luca, Luca was at five. Oh yeah, Lu- Luca. Which I know a lot I of think, people. I, I I I don't mind that. I think that's pretty good. No, not at all. He's gonna be top. He's gonna be first team All NBA this year. So I don't hate that at all. But. Baseball is another another topic that we really should we really should address because they've they've had some some very controversial news from this past week. And I'll let I'll let you take it away after I kind of explain what, what's happening a bit is that a lot of players have decided to sit out, a lot of big name players. Um, for example, David Price, Ryan Zimmerman. Buster Posey and Felix Hernandez, just to name a few, are sitting out this upcoming MLB season. So, in your opinion, and I'll let you take it away from here, how does this affect baseball going forward? I, I yeah, I think that all, all these people sitting out. I think honestly, it's not a whole lot of players, but you have David Price, who's huge, and you have Buster Posey, who's probably the best catcher in the game right now. Uh, I think that is really tough for the Giants, although I don't really think the Giants were going to be very competitive in the first place. 
I, I don't think anyone else that large is really going to sit out. Supposedly, the only reason Buster Posey's sitting out is because he is uh, actually having a newborn within the next, I think, month or so. So he doesn't want to obviously bring that back home at all. I think the MLB is going to end up getting a lot more cases than people might think. Uh, they're not doing a bubble. They're going to be traveling all around the country from Tampa Bay to San Francisco, like everywhere. So I, I think that is going to lead to a lot of cases, unfortunately. Um, and I would not be surprised if we get a little bit of a stoppage of the season, maybe halfway through. I, I don't know. It's gonna. It's really hard to tell, to be honest. But I definitely think there could be a situation where you have you have too many players catching it, and you have to kind of take a step back. You know. Yeah, and the one the one news that was very very surprising to me was. The Blue Jays. Yeah, the, so the Blue Jays. Not, not allowed to leave yeah, their the Blue bubble. Blue Jays in Toronto cannot leave their bubble. And if they do, they can get fined up to like $750,000 and then potentially jail time. Jail time in Toronto. That's crazy. Like, I, I don't think the rest of the MLB is really enforcing something like that, but. I don't know that that's nuts. I mean, it's it's a good precaution. Like, obviously, you want to stay in the bubble and not like give it to anyone else for sure. I understand that, but it's like, damn, that's a lot of money and then jail time. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 pretty tough. So, I don't know. I I think hope I I hope I'm wrong, and I'm trying to be optimistic about all of sports coming back, but. Without the bubble situation, like the M- NBA is doing, like MLS, like even the NHL is doing, I think it's going to be hard to pull it off. So I hope they can do it. I, I don't think that the people who are sitting out are going to make that big of an impact on the game as a whole and really hurt a lot of teams who are going to be like competitive, which is good. And I honestly don't think they would have sat out if they would have you know, hurt a team that was that competitive. I think the players who really want to play and are really, really, really good on a really, really good team are going to play. So even, even Mike Trout has came out and said that he's still not sure if he'll play the entire 2020 season. He has. I I think we're going to have a lot of players like that coming out saying stuff, but you never really know until it happens. I'm trying to stay, like I said, kind of positive about the whole thing. So hopefully hopefully we don't get anyone who's too important to the game, you know, uh, to sit out. I mean, I definitely understand it. I do. But hopefully not. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, baseball – Baseball is starting up. Well, they've already started up training camp. I believe they start their regular season the 23rd. Yes, the 24th. 23rd or 24th. Yep. 24th, yeah. And that, I mean, that, that still has 10 days to see who who comes out and says they're not comfortable yeah. with playing. Uh, but, you know, that 
we we will see baseball is i think baseball really needs this season to go well to help their popularity big time this is a big year for baseball and i and i hope it goes well because i'm a huge huge baseball fan and i i really do enjoy watching it unfortunately that's a seems to be an unpopular opinion these days but i don't know i think that baseball is a very important game not only to sports but like to the country i think so i'm i'm excited though i'm very excited for the season um yeah yeah that that's you know Sports are back. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, no, we we have we have about a week, about a week until baseball, and then about two weeks until until basketball starts again. But that's that's all we got for sports for this week. Very busy week. Very very busy. Week. I mean, it's, I mean, we we've really coming in the home stretch until sports are back. So it's actually starting to feel feel like that with the drama and. Just news happening, but one album, the one album that I'm going to go on a little little spiel about for a little while, Juice World released his Legends Never Die album, his first posthumous album. It's passing away earlier this year. This album was an absolute masterpiece. One of the most all-around beautiful albums that I've ever heard from the intro 10 seconds in had me very emotional as as a huge Juice World fan before he passed away and still am had me very emotional out the outro especially just titled Juice World Speaks from Heaven had absolutely everything I was looking for in this which may not be the replay value as as much as songs from his Death Race for Love album or his Goodbye and Good Riddance album. But that wasn't the objective with this. This album was supposed to celebrate his life and his career, which it did absolutely, absolutely flawlessly. The one thing that I really wanted to address about this album was the interlude titled The Man, The Myth, The Legend. G. Erbo, another rapper, if you've never heard of him, had a quote in there that said that Juice had a Biggie and Tupac effect on our generation, which the more that I thought about it, which I thought about this for a while, and the more that I thought about it, the more absolutely spot on that it was, which may have a lot of you think that I'm absolutely insane to think that. So let me explain. Not only was Juice extremely talented lyrically, one of the best in our generation in that in if you just if you've never listened to his freestyles he could go on for an hour absolutely no no doubt doubt about it and he would make sense which is something that Lil Dicky addressed in that interlude too is that he would make sense in these freestyles being able to go for an hour is just as unheard of but he also was able to relate to the younger generations, just like Tupac and Biggie did, by addressing issues going, the way that they did by addressing issues going on with race, with race and other social justice issues, at the time they were releasing music, 
Juice did that by addressing issues like depression, anxiety, and drug use, which is such an important matter right now. Yeah. For kids our age growing up, you know, depression, anxiety is such an important topic that musicians don't normally address. Only really a handful actually address in their music, but nobody did it on the level or the relatability that he did. You know, yeah, I one of one of his lyrics in the song Man of the Year was I know my lyrics saved you, which I know so many people that that is absolutely so true for because he would talk about things that no other artist was talking about. And and that was that was just my little my little spiel about this album. Uh, it was so hard to rank my top five, not including Righteous or Tell Me You Love Me, which were released a few months prior. Every every other song outside of these top five is an honorable mention. But my but starting off with number five, you know, up up and away. Number four is Conversations. Number three was Blood on My Jeans. Two is Hate the Other Side featuring Polo G and the Kid Laro. And number one is Bad Energy. Even if you've only heard a few of Juice World's songs, or if you've even never heard of him, I highly recommend listening to this album. And it just shows how influential of an artist he was and how much of an impact he had on this generation. Really just celebrated his life it has it really it also showed his versatility when it came to music there are some songs he's out he's a rapper obviously but there are some songs that he really just shows his his ability to even have a rock and roll kind of vibe to him and yeah so definitely listen to his album even if it's only a few songs it really has something for everybody in it yeah, I mean, that was the, I have no other nothing else that I really wanted to talk about this week. I knew I would go on for, with this album for a while. So, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to definitely give it a shot and listen to it all the way through. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. do. Like I said, even if it's only a few songs, it has some, something for everybody in it. So that's all I had for that. So. Anything anything else you want to add before we close out, Bryce? Not really. I'm uh no, I'm just looking forward to the next three weeks. It can't come soon enough. Right. So Right. Oh, also also forgot to mention this news broke late last night. Rajan Rondo also fractured his thumb, point guard for the LA Lakers. So he will be out for six to eight weeks. But that should be a ra- right around looking at the schedule. That should be right around when it would the second round of the playoffs or the absolute latest conference finals. I don't think it's going to have that much of an impact on the Lakers. You know, the first round is going to be, in all honesty, a cakewalk for them. But the second round, I feel like, is when they would want him back if it's not rushing it too much. 
Yeah, no, I I think is if they can get them back or if they can get him back by the second round, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I they they're not going to have any trouble in the first round, but if you look at the standings, they could be facing someone like Houston, Denver maybe, or I Yeah, I don't know. I don't sure. I don't know. I don't think they'll have a problem getting past the first round, to be honest, whoever is no, not the Pelicans at all. or the Grizzlies, regardless of Rajon Rondo. No, and I mean, maybe the Nuggets, maybe the Jazz, who are who have the fourth seed right now, Thunder maybe, but I still don't think they're going to have any trouble with any of them. Definitely would want them for the conference finals, which a lot of people are predicting is going to be the Clippers for a good reason. Yeah, I mean that's that's all we have for today. Unless you wanted, unless you have anything else you would like to add, no, that that was Bryce, it for me. That was it. All right. So for Bryce Wyatt, I'm Riley Shepard. Who's got next podcast? New episode next Monday, as always. Hope you all tune in. We will all see you next week. <laughs>